Join the big show Friday from 2 to 7 at the Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! PK, we haven't talked much about Kyle Whittingham this morning, but he had a Zoom press conference yesterday, and several things came out of that. I don't know what you found most notable. I thought it was interesting the numbers he was throwing out for spring football. He wasn't 100% sure it would happen. He seemed kind of hesitant on the topic, but he said if it did happen, the talk of 8 to 10 games is just too many. He thought, and he said this more than once, he said it would be in the 5, 6, or 7 game area. And I thought, well, if you're talking five, six, or seven games, you're basically talking about playing everybody in the division and then having a conference title game. If you have a sixth or seventh game, you probably cross over, in the Utes case, against somebody from the north and, and kind of treat it as a non-conference game to try to get up to, up it to speed. And then the division game is the one that decide who goes to the title game. Now, that's if they do anything at all. But Kyle... Uh, multiple times he pushed back against the number eight and uh, eight, nine, ten. I think it's just too crowded a schedule for that in his mind. Well, that's because he wants the 2021 season to be in its normal form starting at its usual time. So he does not want to have two years interrupted or altered in any way, form, and all that stuff. So that was his philosophy on that. So if we're going to just uh what would you say have a hackneyed season i don't even know if hackneyed is the right word but i like it i rare i don't know that i've ever used it i'm going to use it right now a hackneyed season it's a rarely used word period let's just keep it to this academic calendar year so when we get to 2021 we can go normal so we'll sacrifice now because we're already sacrificing we've already made a bunch of sacrifices He's, it's his line of thinking with the, there was no spring ball and all that stuff or very limited some some didn't have some did and so let's try to be normal for the next year so that's why his reduction it consists of whether it's five six whatever games he's thinking of if it's even played i mean no one knows he's just guessing uh so to, to me, you would play games to play games. I mean, why a conference title game for what? What's the point? <laughs> Where are you going from there? Uh, so you want a, a, a half of a season, you're, you're the 2020 uh, Pac-10 titleist in 2021? That doesn't make any sense. So I, I think that you would just play games to play games. You wouldn't. There would be no purpose beyond playing the games on that. Well, you'd be playing the games to get the TV money because, as Mark Harlan pointed out, that's about five yeah. million dollars a TV game. That's why you'd be playing the games, but you wouldn't be playing them to win a title. That's my point. There's no title. To There's be no had title to spring. go to. No playoff to go right. to. And the idea of spring bowl games seems really weird to me. Oh, they're not going to happen. I know. It's, it's not going to exist. I mean, it's a, it, those bowl games are in December. They're in the Christmas week where we gather with family. If you're fortunate enough to have family that want to gathers with you, and you sit there and you'll watch the game. I mean, you're going to do it in the hey, Mother's Day, man. <laughs> it's the uh, Independence Bowl. Let's get everybody together. The Poulon <laughs> Weed Eater Independence Bowl. Hey, Ma. <laughs> I made pie. You know what I mean? Who wants apple pie? And whether you're watching that game or not in December, well, it's probably on your television and you're in a festive mood and, you know, maybe you're paying attention if it's the Holiday Bowl and your team is playing in it, but probably not anymore. The Holiday Bowl was a big deal when I was a kid, but now it's just another game, really, and if your team is involved in it, you watch it. Otherwise, you really don't give a crap. But if you're sitting at home in a crappy weather night, you turn it on and 
and discuss it with your brother who you haven't seen in a while because he's in town. We all know those circumstances. All that's out the window. Anything else from this uh, get you going? Anything else Kyle had to say catch your attention? <sighs> Not really. Uh, just the fact that they're going to have some form and this is, as I said yesterday, this is the first time he's been without this this time of year and at least 50, probably more than that years, which is just stunning. And uh, so, you know, have the weightlifting, the, the physical conditioning, it's ongoing. I mean, you go to gym and you see people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, so why wouldn't you do it for these guys and then get them out on the field a couple of days? And the more I thought about that, people people think, oh, people will say, well, Colin, that, that's my my Colin thing, my impression I wanted to do. People will say, well, why do that? And I was first, I used to think that uh, last week. Why why bother having them out of practice? What, what's the point? But really, for some of these kids, that this is an opportunity to improve their game, to improve their stock. Because you think about it, man, not having a season this time last year, who would have predicted Terrell Burgess would go as high as he did? And a year ago, two years ago, who would have predicted Cody Barton would have gone in the third round? Now, we know Jalen Johnson and Zach Moss. and They were the always going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were. But the other guys played their way into it. They really did, and it's remarkable. And those two kids specifically just jump out at me, Barton and, and Burgess, that you didn't even know if they were going to play. It'd be starters for sure and get enough exposure to even be considered to be uh, invited to a camp. And... Forget that. They were drafted, and they were drafted on the second day. What was it? Uh, was it second and third round? Is that when those guys went? So they were stunners, and they did it largely on the basis of a phenomenal senior season individually. And now we're not going to have it potentially for some of these kids who are going to be denied life-changing money. And, man, when you steal money, you know that, that's sacred, and you you take somebody's opportunity not to earn that, I don't like that. Nobody likes that. So, yeah, they should be out on the practice field as much as they can. And the thing that that I liked, now that I think about it when you asked me that question, the thing that I liked that I thought was right on, I said to myself, yes, that makes total sense, and I hadn't thought about that, was having a pro day for these guys. I hadn't thought of that either. That one kind of came out of left field. Right. But uh, it would be a chance to... You know, give somebody a chance to be in front of a scout and be seen and catch somebody's eye. Right, because those are just two kids that I that I named, and there's probably dozens of examples around the country. But we know these two kids here because there are guys on our teams, and they not completely came out of nowhere. But in terms of being second day draft picks uh, before in August of their senior years, I would have bet the house that that wouldn't happen and it did happen and Cody Barton played last year and he's going to be in the NFL for a good while he's a phenomenal story because he worked his butt off to get where he is same thing with Burgess and I think was it that when the Rams picked up Burgess didn't they and then when they uh, they called him didn't he start balling and then they sh- they had that on social media. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was an yeah. incredible story, man. Hey, Brian, who doesn't feel good about that? Young kid working his way up. He's not uh, doesn't have the best physical skills, but you know he's not because he's not the biggest and all that stuff. But there he was, man. A dream, literally, a dream came true, and he's virtually sobbing. And now we won't have that. So I thought that Kyle, whoever thought about that, if it was Kyle himself, absolutely, way to go. Get pro day. Get 
Get that out there. Get these kids out there because they've got an opportunity. Because the fact is, if you're starting on defense for University of Utah, you're potentially a pro prospect just because of that, because of the tradition and the history of so many guys that they've put in the NFL off of those positions and on that side of the ball. More so now than ever. I mean, it's definitely trending up here these last five years. Oh, big time, It's always been true. I mean, the Sugar Bowl team had five guys on it, but that was kind of a peak year, and now we're kind of seeing a trending where it's just routine. Guys are, and, and you got to factor in. Well, they didn't have eleven guys drafted this year. Well, of course not. They had some sophomores. <laughs> you know, everybody isn't draft eligible. So, all of that is on hold now, and we'll see. And Kyle didn't really want to. No promises about the future from him. And anything about what the future is going to look like. There was really no sense going down. You know, our our other league's going to finish. When are you going to start? Are you going to play spring ball? You know, he was asked about what he's going to do with this Saturdays. And he's like, well, you know, the other leagues that are, are playing will watch those games, you know, assuming they happen. Uh, no guarantees. Well, he and I are going to get together. We're going to do about 90 minutes of calisthenics. We've already ma- mapped that out. Mostly calf work, right? Well, I'm going to try to get him into better shape. That's good. All right, DJ and PK. Come back. We'll catch up to date. Everything we talked about in this show, a lot on the uh, the NBA playoffs, the Jazz and the playoffs. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. Ow! Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Nuggets beat the Jazz 117-107, 42 points for Jamal Murray. Nikola Jokic added 31. They combined to shoot about 65% from three. Just those two guys. And they beat the Jazz and force a game six. It'll be on ESPN and AT&T Sportsnet tomorrow at 2 o'clock. The pregame show will start at 1 o'clock here on the Zone Sports Network. Elsewhere in the NBA, the Clippers are up 3-2 on the Mavs after a 154-111 route. Paul George, 35 points in a bounce-back game. He says, I underestimated mental health. Honestly, I had anxiety, a little bit of depression, just being locked in here. I just wasn't there. I checked out games 2, 3, and 4. I wasn't there. Triple header today, Magic and Bucks. Milwaukee's up 3-1, trying to close it out on NBA TV at 2 o'clock. Thunder and Rockets at 4.30. That series is tied at two games apiece. It's on TNT. And then TNT has the Blazers and Lakers at 7 o'clock with the Lakers up 3-1. Damian Lillard uh, is not supposed to play in that one, so the Lakers ought to wrap the series up. That back-to-basketball update is brought to you by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. been a long four months. Welcome. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. As the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando, your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to get you up to speed on everything we've been talking about this morning. Mostly NBA playoffs, mostly Jazz, although we did talk about the Clippers taking down the Mavericks in a particularly ugly moment in there. And, you know, I just, 
I think the NBA doesn't want to suspend players during the playoffs, but I think when you see the video, they're going to have to suspend Marcus Morris. I got to admit, as I sit here, I'm not 100% sure they'll do it, PK. But <laughs> he runs over, and Doncic, we know he's got an injured ankle, and he runs over, steps on his foot, and he's, he's on the three-point line. He's kind of hit a back down court on defense. He's, on, you know, he's like 80 feet from his own hoop as he's getting ready to change ends. And Doncic has his back to him, getting ready to inbound the ball, isn't looking at him, saying anything to him, and Morris runs over and steps on him. That's, that's not a good look going after a star player. Okay, so you think it was intentional, but you are not sure that the NBA is going to suspend him. Why not? Because, number one, they don't want to suspend people during the playoffs. And, number two, even though I think it's intentional, I don't know that 100% of the people who see it are going to think it's intentional. It's so not that overwhelmingly obvious. It's not that overwhelmingly obvious. I think it is, but I get why other people are going to think it isn't. And I don't know what the league is going to yeah, think. That's, your, that's pretty much your philosophy on everything, isn't it? Uh, not on everything, but sure, <laughs> if you want. I just, do you, are you 100% sure the NBA is going to suspend Morris for that? No. Yeah, me neither. I don't think that. I'm 0% sure because I don't think they are. Oh, really? You, you think it's less likely? I think it's more likely they will. Yeah, well. Did you think it was intentional? He has earned the right for me to think it was intentional. <laughs> and that's not the way you normally phrase it. But I phrased it that way on purpose. I mean, the guy's been with six teams. It's not an accident. And there's been too much conflict and too much uh, His brother's craziness. been with five teams, I think it is. So, come on. We, we want to have real talk here. We're not allowed to have real talk. Come on. They've been, going, they've been going back and forth. When Morris hit the go-ahead three on Sunday, and he turned around and was he was pointed at his shoe or his ankle. I don't know what he was doing, but he's clearly trash-talking him with nine seconds left in the game. Uh, so there's been plenty of back and forth between those two, and that's just the stuff that we can see or notice. You know, there's other stuff that happens in a game I'm sure we don't notice. But he's going at him nonstop. That series, does it feel like it's over to you, even though the Mavericks had that great win and got it to 2-2 at 3-2? Can they possibly bounce back and win two with Porzingis sitting out a second game? Presumably whatever is wrong with his knee is really bad if he's sitting out games like this. Oh, I picked the Clippers to go all the way, so, so yeah, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think this one is over, I think the next one is over, and I don't even know who they're going to play. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be them. <laughs> I know. I mean, that, that, that's my pick, and you know, unless there's some injuries or whatnot, I'm going to Stick with that pick. All right, Clippers are up 3-2. They can close out uh, tomorrow. The Jazz can close out tomorrow, up 3-2 after the loss to the Nuggets, a game that uh, they had in the third quarter, and then in the third quarter, everything went wrong, and the 15-point lead evaporated. We had Joe Ingles on earlier this morning, and he talked about it. They can kind of dictate what they want to do, and I think obviously in that third quarter they they did that a little bit. I think we'd done a really good job prior to that of playing the the way we wanted to play. And on the flip side, a little bit they they had nothing to lose. They were they were coming in throwing every punch to stay and keep their season alive, and they played well and, and did that. And three two now, and we go into the game six, and we'll watch the film today, practice and stuff like that, and find some adjustments, find what we can do better, and and get ready for Thursday. So Thursday, hope that the other two guys don't go off again. And Murray now, 50-point game, backs it up with a 42-point game. they got to find a way to slow him down. I think he had 36 or 38 when they won game one. Right. Uh, Murray's, Murray's been a problem. Yeah, no question. 
he has been a scoring machine. And so they're going to have to slow him down. I don't know if it's about hope. I think it's about sound principles and do what you can. If he beats you, he beats you. But you got to make sure that you're doing everything you can to prohibit that. And then you see what happens at that point. The hope even would... with that, you know, they won a game in which he scored 50. Now, obviously, yeah. Mitchell went, for went off, went nuts. So if, if you need Mitchell to score 51 to win, you're in a lot of trouble. Well, they won twice when he didn't. He scored 50 total in the other two wins. He had a 30 right. and a 20. So, But the fact is, Conley did shoot 67, 66% from three for two games. And, you know, they won both of those. And that's, that's off the charts, right? He's not getting 50 because he's not getting that many shots. But, you know, when you start seeing a guy shoot like that from three, that is, that, that is an unbelievable number. And that's what Denver got out of their two guys. Their two guys were combined 11 of 19. And maybe Jokic is hitting, Jokic is hitting a, a running three off of one foot at the end of the first quarter. And I think when you say hope they're not as hot, that's the kind of shot. I mean, Gobert was there with a hand up, and he thinks a running three-pointer anyway. So that would be the hope part. I don't know what you're supposed to do about that. It's like we were talking about earlier. When a really talented player is on in the NBA, they're usually they're pretty much unguardable. you gotta, you got to double-team them and hope nobody else is hitting open shots. Yeah, and Jamal Murray's not a 35-point-per-game guy. He just isn't. I mean, there's a few guys who are. So there'll be a little, what would you say, coming back to the norm or the yep. mean, whatever. I suck at math, so I don't know. Regress what to the are. mean is the cliche you are reaching for. Yeah. I, I never reach for cliches. You reach for cliches. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that I think that will happen just by nature, if that makes any sense. So... That's why I think the Jazz are in a good position to win game six. I'd be surprised if they didn't win game six. But even if they don't, I may think, well, when they come in there Friday, they're in a good position to win game seven. Or, oh, my gosh, they're in a world of trouble. I've got to see how the game goes before I make that. And maybe we're not even making that. Hopefully we're not even making that. It's over. And it's preparing for the Clippers to most likely close out this, uh, their series later on in the evening. So you're right in that Murray isn't going to average what he's done, but is Donovan Mitchell going to sustain what he's done? Because he's averaging 37.5 points a game, and that is up what, 12 points a game over what he did in the regular season. I think he was at about 25. I think he's much more likely to do that, yes. 50, I said 50, is if you're asking him to get 50, if it's a requirement to get 50 to win, that's another story. But I expect him now at this point to score 30, and it's a combo. I think some of the fact that it's no travel and these guys have adjusted to the gyms and whatnot, and uh, everything is basically everything is sterile from game to game compared to, you know, even if you go, they would play, obviously they would play in the Pepsi Center. Yeah, there's different fans from game to game. you got some fans who sit in the same seats, but, you know, the, the feeling and the mood and all that stuff and the energy can vary. Well, it, nothing varies in this bubble. It's the same. Every single day is the same. And so I think that's been the benefit to the players. And Plus, I, I expected Mitchell to be better because he said he was going to, and he's a determined young fellow, and usually, you know, when he says something, he means it. And so he said he was going to be better, and he has been. So for me, I expect 30 out of him now. 50 is another story, but 30, 35, 
not really that surprised, especially against Denver, who doesn't shut anybody down anyway. No, and they're missing two good defensive players. and So there's usually a matchup for the Jazz to pick on, and you know they, they end up going at Porter or whatever, and, and, they get, and they get open shots and score a bunch of points. And all of that worked until the second half of Game 5 when they only scored 44 points. And that yeah, was I think a, that was on them. They just got freaking complacent, and yeah. now they know better. They thought they had it. Yep. So they'll have to go back and build another 15-point lead, but this time stay focused and push it to 20 instead of letting Denver cut Put it down. Put your foot on their throat. I don't use no cliches. <laughs> I think that is a cliche. Jeez. Oh, dang. <laughs> dang, Tom. All right, uh, other news, uh, college football. Well, we were just talking about Kyle in the last segment. Uh, he did get asked, and he didn't really have a great answer because it's kind of uncharted territory. How can you know about what kind of damage this would do to the, the Pac-12 in national recruiting battles? Uh, UCLA starting right tackle Jake Burton went into the NSA transfer portal. He's headed for Baylor as a grad transfer. And so he'll play and hope that uh, Baylor gets the Big 12 game. Uh, gets the Big 12 schedule underway and is able to uh, complete it. I don't think this will have any effect on recruiting whatsoever. Because the teams will be limited to their 25 scholarships, and so maybe they pull one or two guys out they didn't used to get, but that's it. But they Even that's a maybe. The, the guys who were going to be affected by not playing in 2020 are already on the team. Sure, but if another league is able to finish the season – and guys are watching them play and falling in love with them, and, hey, we're big time, we got through it, football matters, come here. Will that kind of pitch sway somebody? Any kind of pitch can sway anybody at any time, but you're talking numbers game. You're not talking of individuals. So, no. These kids, these schools are getting commitments now. Pac-12 guys are getting commitments. They've already had it. I don't think, oh, no, I can't play there because they have a Democratic governor and they decided not to play. I mean, you're, you're reaching. Uh, this just coming across right now, brand new news. Fresh as to three minutes ago, Mark Stein. Mark Stein Nate at the Stein McMillan. line tweets out that the Pacers, after extending Nate McMillan's contract, have now fired McMillan after Indiana's first-round sweep at the hands of the Miami Heat. And Woj tweets out that Rockets coach Mike D'Antoni in the final year of his contract will be an Indiana target should he become available. Sources tell ESPN. So there's two tweets in the last three minutes. Right on. <laughs> Coaches get fired in the NBA. <laughs> You're not that thrilled. No. It doesn't turn your head. So you're just rearranging the friggin' chairs. I mean, Indiana. I mean, where, where are we going with this? And McMillan sucks now. And earlier in the month, he thought he was good enough. And they played without Sabonis in this series. Not that he's, uh, you know, a huge difference, but still he wasn't there. And to me, you're just you're trying to market it different. Come watch our new exciting coach coach up these young guys and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, the rest of the world is just producing Zs. <laughs> Indiana, a relatively good organization, better than a bunch in the East, so they're perpetually in a 4-5 or 3-6 series. And they win their 50 games, but they don't have Antetokounmpo, so they're not going to the final. Yeah, and so fire, so fire the, the coach. coach. <laughs> None of which he's it's responsible time. for. <laughs> put a fresh face on it. And... Yeah, yeah, we see it. That's why these folks here, BYU and Utah, at least you got your own guys. 
You know, when, when, and when we go down in Pac-12 media and I see these ASU coaches come in, I think I was a Sun Devil long before them and I'll be a Sun Devil long after them. So why am I going to get worked up about this guy? Every coach since 1987 has been fired. Literally every single coach. And you're going to be the answer? Nah, probably not. <laughs> I've seen it. Herm's going to be different. Well, the good thing about Herm is he's so old that he's probably not going to coach someplace else. You know what I mean? So if he wins, he'll still be there. Whereas the other guys come in and like, oh, if you don't win, they're going to fire you. And if you do win, you're just going to take off for a job that pays more. Yeah, but all those other guys have gotten jobs. You know, they fired Cutter and he ended up being an NFL coach. You know what I mean? Like Fossil. End up being an NFL coach, mm-hmm. right? So they're all going to be working. But the point is, they're not Sun Devils. They're employed by them at the time, but they're not hardcore Sun Devils. And same thing at the, at the pro level. You know, you, you're going to bring in a new coach. All right, fine. And he's going to be there for a few years, and then he'll go on. It just seems like it's a, it's a never-ending deal. At least with Utah and BYU, you got somebody who's your own. I mean, Kalani obviously I played there. And Kyle now has been there so long. His kids went there and all. He's a true Utah guy. And so it's one of your own. At least you feel like he has a personal investment beyond just it's a job and it's this is where I get paid awesome amounts of money. 26 years, I think. It's been a while. Whittingham? Yeah. I think he started in 93 at Utah. So he's beyond 26 years. Yeah, because he had called me up and said, hey, I'm going to take the job at Utah. Why don't you see if you can get a job up here, too? And I said, okay. And you're just making that up. But that was good. <laughs> that was good. A couple California tough guys. What are you talking I'm about? I'm glad you made that up. <laughs> it was fate that we came together. <laughs> it was fate. <laughs> Jeez. Lay it on thicker, PK. Lay it on thicker. <laughs> Why not? Kobe made the score twenty-four to eight. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, coming up, it's uh, your feedback. Everything you think about today's show, you are up to date on what is going on. It's brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. Your feedback next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? I'm not a visionary, but I do get feelings sometimes. I'm feeling like something might bubble up out of nowhere. Really? Yeah. Something might bubble up from Gordon Monson. Not from me, but, you know, within the context of sports. I see. (laughs) I had a regrettable dish. Not bubbling up from me. That would be unfortunate in here, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be rough. Let's try not to do that. Okay. Let's keep whatever's bubbling up bottled up, (laughs) if you don't mind. I didn't have gastric distress. I just had a derivative. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Time for your feedback, brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. 
So, what happened? Why did the Jazz lose Game 5? That was the question of the day. Jeff says the Nuggets found an effective defense in the second half. The Jazz have to adjust to it. This is coming down to Game 7. Denver's going to win Game 6 going away. It's the one thing that hasn't happened yet. Denver just blowing the Jazz off the floor. That's not, no. I wouldn't expect it's going to happen in Game 6 either. Uh, Robert tweets, uh, tweets back at Jeff, uh, not after Charles guaranteed a Game 7 on TNT last night. That's not happening. He's been issuing guarantees and has just routinely been wrong to the point Kenny <laughs> now gets on his phone and bets the house on the other team every time. I don't watch it, so I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. It's, it's stunning that he could be wrong that often because you'd think he'd accidentally be right. It's he's, pretty funny, though. He's that he been misses, that wrong. misses everything. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point. Yeah. Maybe he is yeah. that good, and he just does it on purpose, it's, and he it's knows It's entertainment, for sure. my friends. Oh, yes. it for what it is. Absolutely. The, uh, him, him running around the back, well, tottering around the back of the studio with a broom was hilarious after he said Blazers sweep, and they won game one, and now, of course, they haven't won since. Didn't see it. Kyler says, you know what happened? They took the foot off the gas. You can't let a 15-point lead evaporate and expect to win. Well, I know in my driving philosophy and what I teach my children is never let your foot off the gas. Nice. Lead foot. (laughs) Tony says it was poor defense down the stretch. Bad shots by Gobert and Royce. Both unwilling to take open looks after several bad ones. Denver wasn't ready to give up, and we need another 50 from Spider Mitchell to close it out. He's been amazing. Now others need to be more consistent scores. There's plenty of consistent scoring in that game last night. There were a lot of guys in double figures, but nobody went off. Yeah, I don't think he needs to uh, score 50 for them to win. Well, they've had wins when he scored 20 and 30. Yeah. I guess they may need to. He may need to, but I don't think he has to. Right. So they're 2-1 and one when he scores 30 points or less in this series, and they're 1-1 one and one when he scores 50 or more. Well, I'd take 2-1 and one and 3-1, and, and then he won the series. There you go. Uh, the comedy, Brett, they just didn't score as many points as Denver. Thank you, Brett. Well, his wife thinks he's funny. I mean, that, yeah, that's true. Uh, then there's this one. Uh, Jamal Murray channeled his inner Donovan Mitchell from Jazz Sport Talk. Well, Jamal Murray is his own player, and he's got – I think he's one of these guys that can get on a roll, and then when he gets on a roll – He's tough. But if he doesn't get on a roll, just on my observation in this series, he's more of a hang-your-head Gordon Hayward type of player. Really, he swings the pendulum, swings that far? Yeah, because in the other game that they lost, and when he didn't play, he didn't score a bunch, it seemed like it was just, oh, the whole world's against me, I'm a victim, and blah, 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 I got... Shrug, you know, what, hang your head. Be down, hang the head, shrug the shoulders. Shrug the shoulders, that's what I was looking for, yeah. Uh, But when he's got it going on, yeah, oh, man, he's Michael Jackson doing the moonwalk. Uh, Coming across social media right now is Phil Mickelson, now playing on the senior tour, and he just drove at green 352 yards uphill. 
He drove the green and, the made snow. The e- and made the eagle putt. There was no snow. It was cloudy. <laughs> and there was no snow. But it was an uphill 352-yard drive. It is fairly awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's going to run away with it. He's a lovable dude there on that senior tour. I'm sure everybody's happy for him. Oh, man. All right, anything else you want to pass along? Any last words of genius, inspiration that you have for the people? That I have for the people? Well, as far as the Jazz go, I feel a level of optimism, and I wouldn't say it if it were not true. Now, what that means, I, I don't try to make outlandish predictions for the sake of entertainment like Barkley does because I need a job. The reality is Barkley can say whatever he wants because he doesn't need a job. So if they fire him today, it doesn't really matter. So I have to have some level of responsibility uh, because I can't do that. If I'm fired today, I'm screwed tomorrow. (laughs) That's the way I'm I'm in a good spot financially, but not to where if I don't have work for the next several years. So I try to make it the way I feel logically thought out. And I do feel, and I felt it last night too, when I was doing the post game show with Jake Scott, I felt like the jazz are still in a good spot. They blew an opportunity to close out the series. That's it. They didn't blow an opportunity to win the series. I think there's a big difference there. The game was definitely there for the taking. And they've won three in a row, so there's certainly a recipe for them to win. But you hate to give one away, and it feels like they gave that one away. Sure, but I don't but they think still have it two more chances. their chances to right. win the series. And now, if they lose tomorrow, that's another ball game. Okay, but all the cliches we were throwing out earlier about how hard it is to beat a team three times in a row, that's what Denver's got to do. I don't. Yeah, but see, I don't. I don't get into that crap. It's not. people make adjustments though, and players have big games. I mean, given the fact that Denver looks like they're still going to be down two starters, two key defenders for the rest of the series, even if it's not a fifty-point game, I still feel like Donovan Mitchell has another big game in him. And we're at the point now where he scores thirty, and we no longer think it's a big game, which is a freakish number. But nonetheless, that's where we are. Oh, I don't know. That's a freakish number. I think it's well within the of his possibilities. Thirty. I think 30 is, is what he is capable of doing yes. consistently. Well, he's done it to Denver four times now. He's got two 30s and a 51 and a 57. Yeah. And the only time they held him to 20 is because he didn't play in the fourth quarter because Denver was down by 30. You know, with the three-pointer, it's inflating scoring a little bit, obviously. Yes. So it's, he's more than and – and his shot, his shot looks as good as I've ever seen it. His, I'm just talking his perimeter jump shot looks so good. I mean, it looks so smooth, so pure. I've been using the word feathery. So I'm expecting him to get 30. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he got close to 40 or went over 40. 50 is another realm. But somewhere between 30 and 40 is my level of, uh, what, uh, acceptance for him. To Expectation is the word I'm looking for. So I'm expecting that out of him. You know, what can the other guys do? And then, yeah, I have to admit, make sure or hope somewhere in between whatever those two words are or phrases are that Murray doesn't go berserk because I think Murray, and this is just my limited observation of him because I'm not studying him all the time the way I am the jazz guys, but it seems to me, and I don't, and it sounds bad, but I don't necessarily mean it in a bad way that Murray is more of a front runner. If he's got it going on, look out, but can he gut you up some big baskets when he doesn't have it going on? That if, and if he does that, then that's all the more impressive. But so far, I have my doubts about him being able to do that. Well, he definitely did in Game 1. I would say he got it up there. But in Games 2 and 3, 
you know, they were getting beaten. They just took a beating, and there was no – even though they lost, there was no run that got them back in the game. So I think right. that's, why, that's why you can throw that out there. But in game one, I thought they were in a little bit of trouble, and he did. He did come up big and turn it around and, and finish a big game and have a big yeah, fourth Yeah, but they should have won. I mean, come on. You're, you're now playing the Jazz nope. without Bogdanovich and Conley. Conley. Yeah, and you're the Nuggets. You don't have Harrison Barton. We can go back and forth on that all right. day. But – Bogdanovich and Conley are more important to what the Jazz do. So my point is they should have won games one and two, and they didn't. They won game one, but they didn't win game two. Now games three and four and five, that's another story because Mike was back. I'm not saying they should have won. I'm saying they should have won games one and two. All right, DJ and PK, we are all done. We will see you tomorrow from 6 to 10. Hans and Scotty are coming up next. All right. That's a wrap. Thanks, guys.